Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, John. How the heck are you, sir? Feeling good. Ready to rock. Boy, I am too. We have so much stuff jam-packed in this show. My head is swimming with facts and figures and dates and names of things. And, oh, I'm, I'm not going to get into it. Uh, it's yeah. great stuff, but it's a little overwhelming for an old codger. So I just want to say that much. <sighs> Okay. Hey, we may have some new listeners, so I thought I'd do my little orientation if that's cool. Sounds good. Go for it. All right. We are the Bro Show. We are actual brothers. My name is Jerry. My name is John. Yes. And uh, we have a show we do, a podcast we do every Sunday morning, usually around 7.30, o'clock, something like that. And here's the deal. We talk about four things. Now, little background, the bro show has seasons, six-month seasons. And these seasons have an animal, you might even consider it a mascot, that we delve into during that six-month period. So the first thing we talk about is an animal, and the thing this season is a tiger. So we've got a great tiger story for you today. Also, we have a word. Word is usually Mm. something we run into while we're researching or whatever. And then the third thing is we have two takes on a major topic of some sort or an event that mm-hmm. took place or a film. So that's another thing we do. And then last but not least, we close the show with two groaners. groaners. Bad, mm. bad jokes, dad jokes. So Ooh. That's it. That's All what good. we do. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot to do. Hey, what are you wearing? What, 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 do you, what, do you, what do you got on there? Okay. Above the belt. So, yeah, above the belt. Uh, I have a T-shirt on. It's kind of almost burgundy color. It's a deep red, dark red. And uh, this is the Bro Show Live, second Bro Show Live, where ah, the set list, with the musical set, the set list. The set list, the infamous show yeah. of all shows. That yes. Yeah. And the tapes are still out there somewhere. We're still looking for them. No, they're on, they're on Facebook. Are they really? Wow. Yeah, they're on Facebook. I got a note from somebody recently. It's Shawcross. I got a note from Shawcross. And he said, I really enjoyed the show at, at the Ale House. I found it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I've been beating myself up about that show forever. You know, I thought it was a total, I, you know how it is. You, you, I'm my own worst critic and you're, you know, and of course, well, almost as bad as you being well, my own I worst was, critic. Yeah. 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 But what happened was, Mary Jane says, I'm tired of listening to your crap about that show. It wasn't bad at all. I said, what are you talking about? And then she played me this stuff on Facebook. And, you know, I'll I'll be darned if she wasn't correct. It was pretty good. So anyway, it was just from our perspective. So many things were going wrong at the same time. The sound was off and all kinds of weird stuff. But anyway, I'm wearing the T-shirt. Good for you. Fond memories you have now. Well... Thanks to my lovely wife, Mary Jane. She took care of that for me. So anyway, that's what's going on there. Hey, do we have a sponsor? Wow. Yeah, but I, you know, I got a t-shirt. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, well, wearing? I got this gray shirt that has got a big tiger on it. It's, it's from our sponsor, Big Cat Rescue. It's called I Am Not a Pet. Uh, I'm a guitar. Ooh. Oh, wait, that's, that's for the next part. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> You're confusing me, Katie. Yeah. So hey. So that kind of segues into our into our sponsor, actually. 
And our sponsor is Big Cat Rescue. And this cool. is a 501c3 uh, nonprofit organization, been around for over 30 years. Met the test of time. And their mission is to provide the best doggone home they can for cats in need that have been abused. And they're also Ooh. into, uh, you know, advocating that, you know, cats that, that are, are abused be taken care of. And also interested in uh, promoting cats that are close to being extinct. So putting all yeah, those things yeah. together, we've got ourselves one heck of a nonprofit organization, which, of course, to us, the key is do they have swag that they can make money off of so that they continue to meet their mission? And maybe you can give us a little idea of some, what some of that stuff is. They've got they've got all kinds of stuff. First of all, they have a wide wide selection of T-shirts, and John is representing uh, their their mission as we speak. So he can he can, he has already said marvelous things about that. But yeah, they have other things too, caps and and what have you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I think they're going to come out with electric car pretty soon. Um, mistaken. <laughs> hey, anything? Yes. Yeah. Anything. Wow. And when it comes to big cats, there's no limit. So in any yes. case, yeah, that's our story with our sponsor. And we do have another story, though, a tiger story. Yeah. And I just to kind of like we should have said this a couple of weeks ago, but I, I usually do a blog. Uh, I put entries into my blog. Oh, oh, I forgot that. Side. Let me let me do this for you. Let me do this for you. Do you mind? OK. Yeah. Go for yeah. It. yeah. Uh, my brother, John, who you've just heard speak here, he. He is, I don't know, not many people know this about him, but he really likes baseball. He is what you would call a baseball aficionado. He does not like being called a baseball fanatic or a baseball nut or anything like that. He gets offended. He's just an aficionado. He's loved baseball since he's a little boy. So he goes on baseball trips, and he went on a baseball trip to Oklahoma City, and he wrote it up, and we have a link to it in the show notes. And it's got some great artwork in it, some photos he took. Uh, he went with a couple of friends. Uh, shout out to, uh, no, Larry, Larry Roth, Larry, who provides What's her name? Season. Her name? Her uh, name? Mary Lynch. Mary Lynch and, and Larry Roth. I've, I've talked to Larry on the phone, so I've never met Mary. So these are good folk and you guys had a good time up there. It was pretty hot though, huh? Yeah, it's pretty hot, and uh, one of the things I want to mention is that the amount of baseball in it is not as much as you might think based upon my avid interest in baseball. I do more of a travelogue and talk a lot about the city of the Oklahoma City. So if you're kind of turned off by baseball, you won't be turned off all the time by reading my my little trip um, travelogue or whatever. Yeah, travelogue is pretty cool. Yeah, you've got a number of those. So you can if you go to our site. Which is yeah. bro bro show bro dot show. You will find all this good stuff, but I will link to it in the show notes. So good, leave good thank cheer. you very much. For good You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Okay, now I think we're ready for the tiger story. Tiger story. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, you know, we're always looking for different angles and you know products, this that, uh, fables, movies, songs, etc. And finally realized that one of the most famous guitars out there is a guitar called the tiger that was jerry garcia grateful dead his guitar so maybe you could give us a little of the deets as it relates to this incredible instrument which in its time was considered one of the best of you know best guitars out there. best of breed it was yes. it was certainly the most loaded guitar 
Uh, this this guitar is incredible. It was called simply Tiger. Uh, yes, and it was preceded by Eagle, and it was followed mm-hmm. by Wolf. So you <laughs> you get the idea, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, rock and roll has become a thing of legend, and Jerry Garcia is certainly a legendary guitar player. He was a fantastic guitar player. He learned to play guitar and mastered it against all odds. Uh, his brother accidentally chopped off one of his fingers uh, when he was a kid at, on a camping trip. So, you know, he wasn't expected to be as good of a guitar player as he was. Luckily, it was his right hand that he picked with, and it was his ring finger, so it wasn't too bad. But in any case, that's a little factoid about him. And he really liked to juice up his guitars. When he uh, got Eagle, he immediately commissioned Doug Irwin made Eagle. Doug, Doug Irwin is a luthier, and uh, Doug immediately started work on Tiger, and Tiger, he had a, an open slate on Tiger. Jerry told him, this is your dream guitar. Do anything you want with this. Whatever it is you do, I will play it. And make it look <laughs> how you want it to look. Put every piece of technology you can get on it. This guitar weighed 13 pounds, John. The heaviest guitar, yeah, the heaviest guitars weigh nine pounds. So, yeah, so a 13-pound guitar is extremely heavy. did not bother Jerry. He was feeling no pain when he played. And he was a little heavy, too. He's a bigger guy. That helps. Yeah, he had some heft to him. So, in any case, this guitar, it just, it had, it had a preamp on it. In other words, before the guitar signal goes to the amp, it had a preamp. And it was not just a preamp, it was a looped preamp. So this was incredible. It would The preamp would send the signal of the guitar to the board, and the board would send, the soundboard would then send the signal back to the guitar. Jerry could adjust the volume on the guitar and then send it back again to the board. So... Crazy. This, I know. This is insane. And the logo on the preamp was a tiger. That's mm, how it got right. its name. Yeah. Yeah. So a bunch of other stuff on here. I won't even talk about the 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 pickups it had were Stratocaster style pickups, but they weren't Stratocaster pickups. There were three of them, one single coil, two double coil. I could go on literally. How about the wood? Minutes. How about a little bit about the wood uh, with yeah. the guitar? Wasn't it different different types of wood? Um, yes. Yeah, everything yes. is like, you know, super quality, uh, crazy stuff. That's all I can oh, say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it had maple, uh, it had flame maple. It had, uh, let me see, what was the other? Oh, Paduk, uh, which is, a, a, these were all exotic tropical woods, which means they're very heavy and very dense. And they were laminated. So. Yeah. You know, eighth inch, eighth inch, eighth inch, like that, one layer after another. And then it is, uh, it's, it's shaved on the edges. You know, it's sanded on the edges at an angle so you can see the layers. And the shape of it was slightly arachnid looking, somewhat spider-like, you know, and Halloween-y looking, you know, the ang- angles of everything. They're not smooth. They're kind of sharp and, and wow. curved. Yeah, it, it's a, you have to look it up, and it is in what what museum is it in, John? It's in right the now. Museum of Contemporary Art. Uh, I think it's in New York City. It is New York City, and there's pictures of it. We'll put as many pictures right. in that we can get in the photo bomb. But tell us a little about the uh, purchase history 
of this well, after Jerry passed. That what happened was that Jerry Garcia willed all of his guitars to Doug Irwin, the creator, the maker of it, the, the luthier that, that made these guitars. However, the band felt that they owned the instruments, all of the instruments collectively with, with the band. So they had a, uh, a lawsuit, this and that, and they settled up. Some of the a couple of the guitars went to Doug and several of them went to the band. Now, the ones that went to Doug included the Tiger and he decided to then sell it. And through a series of sales, it eventually ended up in the Museum of Contemporary Art. So it even has a background in that place. But what's really cool about the end of, end of playing the art of the, the guitar is Jerry ended up getting another guitar uh, somewhere about 1989. And he only got it because he wanted a guitar with a little bit more of the advanced technology that had taken place at the time. And he wanted one that could play a couple more different instruments. But guess what? His last concert, what? Chicago, Soldier Field. He brought out, because he was having some trouble with his wolf guitar, he brought out his tiger guitar, and boom, that's where it all wow. ends. Wow. Wow. Last public appearance playing guitar was with yes. Tiger. That is tiger. so sweet. Yes. Uh, we, like I said, we could go on a long time. Uh, but these guitars, uh, just real quick financial summary here. Uh, when that first, when Doug Irwin first sold wolf and tiger, he sold them both. For close to million dollars, mm. yeah, seven hundred and change and nine hundred and change. Wow. And then when Wolf resold years later, fairly recently, it sold for one point nine million. So these are very famous guitars, and they will be around for many years to come. And I doubt they'll you ever be it. played. I doubt they'll ever be played because they're too precious. Wow. Well, you know. Uh, great, mm. great, great uh, tiger story. You know what? Yeah. We've already mentioned our word a couple of times. We have. We have. And perhaps really to kind of make sure that we seal the deal and everybody knows what it means. Why don't you go through? We've got a word okay. called luthier. Luthier is the word. And we. Well, what what is luthier? Okay. Here's the thing about luthier. Uh, it is spelled luthier. And that's how most people who make guitars pronounce their trade. But it is really pronounced luthier. So it's it's obviously kind of a French word. But what are its origins? What does it refer to? John, it refers to a lute. L-U-T-E. Wow. A lute is the predecessor of the violin. It was played mm. by pluck, pluck or by bow. So, Got it. Uh, yeah. And, you know, in the first uh, orchestras and stuff like that, the violin was the solo instrument. The lute was the accompaniment. And the lute was often second chair uh, violins and stuff like that. They would pay, play more chords and background and stuff. So that's luthiers are people who make these stringed instruments that are plucked or bowed. And they could be uh, violins. They could be guitar-like things, which, of course, the lute, uh, which we think of as a lute, is something played in England, you know, in bars and in orchestras and all over the place very common instruments it morphed into the guitar so got it that's that's whole origin and it's a maker of stringed instruments that's what a luthier is and here's an example doug Irwin is a luthier best known as the designer of five custom guitars for the grateful dead got it there it is okay you you ready? nailed it okay i think i think you ready yeah, you okay, know, we got here. two takes here. Uh, Ooh, 
And when we took a look at this, um, what we're doing is we're, we're this is I, I would cons- say a uh, we're, we're actually offering a service to the people who are interested in Queen Elizabeth and are interested in some of the more interesting facts, but didn't want to go through the six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours of the commentary in order to kind of find those diamonds in the rough where they occasionally mention something. So what we decided to do, we decided to take five things you might not know about the Queen that were probably mentioned somewhere along the line, but maybe because you didn't have the patience to listen to all the commentary, you weren't able to to, to, to find. And so I took two, uh, Jerry took two, and we've got like a bonus one. So I'll I'll start out. You want to go back and forth and I'll start? Yeah, let's go back and forth. Yeah, okay. My first one, and one that when I was growing up, I just was common knowledge is the fact that Queen Elizabeth had a very unusual ascent to the throne. She was when she was born uh, back in 1926. She was far from first in line to get the crown, and became heir to the heir to the crown in 1937. And finally, of course, was part of the coronation back in 1952. But the Queen was actually born as the eldest daughter of the Duke of Earl, which was the king's second son. So as a result, being the, 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 an off, you know, the offspring of, a, of the second son was hardly in a position to inherit the throne. But what comes about is when King George dies and, this, and the King Edward uh, is crowned in 1936, he's the first son. Uh, he's only 42 years old and he's single and he doesn't have a family. But he's expected, you know, eventually to to, to have produce kids. an heir. Produce yeah, an heir, yeah, and he, but he never did produce an heir because after five months, he decided he wanted to marry this uh, rich, rich divorced uh, socialite named Wallace Simpson, and against strongly against the advice of the British government, the church, etc. So they just finally said, "Look, I don't like this king stuff," and he abdicated. And as a result of abdicating, his and not having kids. His brother uh, ends up becoming the king, and he's like he's like King George. So yep. that that's that's Queen Elizabeth's father. King George has got a history in itself, which we've talked about previously when we did the King's Speech movie. But he's a rather shy guy who uh, is not what you want to be. The guy who wants to be in the limelight, very mild mannered. He passes away in 1952, and before you know it, we've got Queen Elizabeth. So that's yep. the first one. Wow. So what do you got Very, going for us here? Okay, I got one for you here. So everyone's heard of Nelson Mandela. Yes. The, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, I won't go into all his background and everything like that, but just assuming that everyone listening knows who Nelson Mandela is. Well, Nelson Mandela and uh, South Africa and Queen Elizabeth are all intertwined. Uh, it was once a British colony. So when... Nelson Mandela uh, ascended to the presidency uh, of of South Africa. There was a big to do and everything like that. And and Queen Elizabeth was, I think, she attended, if not mistaken. And anyway, they developed a sort of friendship. And he referred to her only as Elizabeth. And he is oh, wow. one of two people. One of two people she would would put up with that. With one was her husband, and one was Nelson Mandela. It's pretty cool. That's very cool. I, it's yeah nice that that relationship existed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I I'm going to rest of mine are pretty quick. Where my second one is, there's a thing about Queen Elizabeth. They always make a big deal. They say she was homeschooled. 
Now, let's not let that homeschool label, which is actually a label that's been attached to this, that wouldn't have been back then. Let's not lead us lead us to believe that that's, this lady was, you know, difficult in class, slow learner. Hardly the case, because you see, the education of the British royal family has changed over time. And back in those days, it was expected that anybody in the royal family would be educated privately by tutors. So Queen Elizabeth and her sister Margaret were the last members of the royal family to be educated at home. And um, one of the things, two things I noticed that she learned, one was the constitutional uh, history, which means that she needed to understand all the history where she got the background, etc. The other thing is she learned French and could speak it fluently. Um, oh. So one of the other, you know, she didn't take driver's ed. Uh, that was not no, the she didn't. she took. She didn't take no. driver's ed, but when she joined the women's branch of the British Army, she got behind the truck wheel of a truck, and that's where she learned how to drive. So I think that's a little bit she, about... She could fix them, too. She could fix yeah, and she too. could fix them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Under the hood, she felt comfortable, right? Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> so I, I got one for you, John. You ready for this? I'm ready. All right. So uh, the... The thing with Elizabeth was not the first time Queen Elizabeth had raised some eyebrows with African presidents. No, uh uh-uh. 1957, Ghana uh, withdrew from the Commonwealth and uh, withdrew as a colony of uh, Great Britain, of England, uh, so of the United Kingdom. So when that happened, Queen Elizabeth, being the gracious lady she is, attended the inauguration. And she danced with Kwame uh, Nkrumah, who was the first president and uh, the what is it, the parliament guy, the head of the parliament? I forget what they call him. Oh, okay. Prime Minister. First president yeah, and yeah, Prime yeah. Minister of Ghana. So wow. that was, yeah. And this was featured in um, The Crown, the TV show. But... The whole thing was pretty greatly exaggerated. It was just a formal thing. It wasn't like, you know, once you go black, you, you can't go back kind of thing. It wasn't like that. Mm. Wow. All right. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So, Alice, we're going to finish up with what I call the Queen's Animal Kingdom. Uh, fact is that the Queen Elizabeth, uh, during her reign, had an opportunity to, uh, to basically get a lot of gifts. In fact, she did get a lot of gifts. And usually what she'd do is she'd donate them to the, to the London Zoo. So among the interesting animals that she could have kept were an elephant, tortoises, a jaguar, even a pair of beavers. However, that wow. doesn't mean that she didn't have her own animals, which she really appreciated. And probably the one that is most recognized or publicized is she liked corgis, little short-legged uh, dogs. And she owned over 30 of them, over 30 of them during her reign. Her first corgi was Susan, a gift she got at her 18th birthday, and her last was Whisper that died in 2018. Oh. So, but what about the fact that she had another animal too that was kind of related mm. to the corgi? And perhaps you could give us a little bit of the background on that one. Well, her sister Margaret raised dachshunds, and yes. Elizabeth raised corgis. Well, one of the dachshunds got frisky with one of the corgis, and we got a dorgy. <laughs> we got a, a dorgy. dorgy. This is not an official breed, by the way, John. This is off the books. Yeah. 
Okay, this is illicit kind of stuff here. So, yeah, the, she had dorgies. And this happened, I think, 2004, something like that. And uh, she decided to, in 2015, she decided to stop breeding corgis because, mm. and, and for that matter, there were no dor- more dorgies. So she decided to stop all the dogs because she felt like she wasn't going to live that much longer. And she didn't right. want to leave them, leave them all sad. Yeah. So well, her last la- two dogs were actually the dorgies. I mean, they, they, they were, were not when she's so she had a couple of candy and Vulcan. And I think it's I, I we probably ought to let the give the full story with respect to this illicit romance that took place between these two animals and, and identify Mar- Margaret's dachshund was by name Pipkin. OK, <laughs> just to keep Ooh. the record straight. <laughs> Ooh, that's the daddy. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. These so, dogs, what do they look like? Well, you know. Both dogs are, are basically sausage dogs. I mean, yeah. short legs, long bodies. That's what both of them have. So it wasn't a big, it's not an odd, odd looking dog. Their ears are droopier uh, than a corgi and their nose is longer than a corgi. But they are furry and uh, they have a lot of similarities. You yeah. can tell looking at them that it's not a normal corgi. Their ears don't sit up and bark. So all right, that's it, John. That, two takes. That's done. We knocked it out. Sounds good. Totally agree. All good stuff. Groaners? What are we left with? Groaners! Groaners. Our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred to as the coach. One of the guys who is uh, actively uh, provides us with a bunch of stuff, including these wonderful groaners. So here we go. What does a musician call extra notes added to the end of a song to make it last longer? What does a musician call extra notes added to the end of a song to make it last longer? I don't know. Extension chords. Oh, that's very good. <laughs> that's very clever. I like it. Okay, so this one okay, you're is keeping. You're keeping with the uh, with the Luthier thing. The music. The, I'm doing the music thing today because it's in honor of Jerry Garcia. Okay. All right. So here's our next one. When lightning strikes an orchestra, who is the most likely to be hit? The conductor. Lightning. You got it. You nailed yeah! it. Puppy. 